What is Peace Brain? Peace Brain is the synergistic connection between our mental and emotional bodies, blending the electrical power of the mind with the magnetic force of the heart. Listen and explore how to create unity worldwide as we blend science and metaphysics and open our hearts and minds to the possibilities of peace on earth and create the life we are each destined for. Featured guests range from angel communicators to zoologists and everything in between. Now here is your host, Dr. Gail Lash. Hello and welcome. This is Gail Lash, uh, and we are listening to the Peace Brain Show. And thank you for tuning in today. We are going to have a very exciting show today. Uh, this is right before Thanksgiving, November 2019. And so we're going to be talking about gratitude. We're going to be talking about remembrances. Um, I'll tell you a little story in just a minute <laughs> about uh, about all the topics. And I have my guest, Jane Holmes, is on with me, will be in a moment. But as always, I open the show with a quote, and of course, at the end of the show, I also have the Peace Brain Meditation. So please stay tuned for that transformative meditation at the end. So the quote I chose today really applies to all of us and to the world in general. And of course, this show is all about peace. So this is a great way to to go into this Thanksgiving and holiday seasons and and just in general, look at life. So this, I do not know the author. It's an unknown author of this quote. But here you go. This is what it says. A certain man planted a rose and watered it faithfully. Before it blossomed, he examined it. He saw the bud that would soon blossom and also the thorns. And he thought, how can any beautiful flower come from a plant burdened with so many sharp thorns? Saddened by this thought, he neglected to water the rose before it was ready to bloom, and it died. So it is like this with many people. Within every soul, there is a rose. The godlike qualities planted in us at birth grow amid the thorns of our faults. Many of us look at ourselves and see only the thorns, the faults. We, we despair, thinking that nothing good can possibly come from us. We neglect to water the good within us, and eventually it can die. We never realize our potential. Some people do not see the rose within themselves. Someone else must show it to them. One of the greatest gifts a person can possess is to be able to reach past the thorns and find the rose within others. This is the characteristic of love, to look at a person and knowing her faults, recognize the nobility in her soul and help her to realize that she can overcome her faults. If we show her that the rose, she will, if we show her the rose, that rose will conquer the thorns. She can conquer the thorns. Then she will blossom, blooming forth 30, 60, 100 fold that it is, as it is given to her. Our duty in this world is to help others by showing them their roses and not their thorns. Only then can we achieve the love that we wish to feel for each other. Only then can we blossom in our own garden. <laughs> I like this quote. It, it, as you say, um, it's self-explanatory. We are to look for the good in others and, of course, within ourselves. 
to look past all those thorns, all those faults, all those habits or things that we might have picked up and go for the go for the good, go for the gold. <laughs> so today this really was appropriate. The reason I picked this is I am on an amazing life's journey. And we live here, my husband and I, in Atlanta, Georgia, in the United States. But for, oh gosh, ever since I started working in Belize in 1991, actually, which was a long time ago, (laughs) I love the country and I love the people. Belize is in Central America, and it's always been a dream of mine to to live there, uh, to maybe part-time or maybe full-time live there. So now, in 2019, and of course you could be listening to this in 2020 or 21 or whenever, but um, now we've decided to go ahead and build a house and move to Belize. And in fact, we purchased land five years ago, and so we we are in the process of making that transition, that life's transition, and it's really fantastic. There's a but to this, of course. <laughs> the but to it is here in our house in Atlanta, it's a, it's a large house. Um, we have lots of things. It's a beautiful house. It was built in 1894. It's an old Victorian house. And it holds a lot of stuff. And not that we don't have... I've, it's been decorated and organized very beautifully. However, there are boxes that I got when my mother passed away oh gosh, more than 30 years ago, um, that she had held on to things from my childhood, you know, all those science notebooks and the, the little Girl Scout pens and badges and the, uh, the baby rattler, <laughs> you know, from my, from my infancy and all kinds of things. And then she had things from her, her mother as well. And of course, the ancestors going back and my, my father's ancestors and Lots of photographs and pictures and and objects and things. So what do you do with all of that? So that's what Jane and I are going to talk about today, and I'll bring on Jane in just one minute, that we're going to talk about what do you do with all the stuff when you're making a transition in life. And and so just to give you a clue, what I, we decided to do is take photographs of the stuff that was meaningful, of course, not all of it, and to digitize, in other words, to take a, just take a picture with the iPhone of the articles or the photographs or the baby objects or the whatever, and then, of course, ditch the stuff and keep the photographs. And therefore, I've got the memories. I can make a memory book later or I can do whatever I choose, make a PowerPoint, do a little video. Uh, that's for the future to organize and put all this together in some way if I choose to go back all those memories and remember my life or my my parents' life, my mother's life, my grandmother's life, etc. But at least I'm not carrying the stuff with me to Belize or to any place. And so I'm sure that many of us are in this situation where we we have collected things and don't need them. You know, what is life about? So that's what we're going to talk about today is remembering and being in gratitude and and um, decluttering and getting rid of the stuff. <laughs> so I want to introduce my guest today. It's she. I'm just a delight. It's just a, it is a delight to have her on the show. I am delighted to have Jane Holmes on the show with me. We have known each other for 
gosh, um, probably, you know, it's almost 20 years, um, where she was the former director of the Living Foods Institute here in Atlanta, Georgia, which deals with living uh, a raw lifestyle, vegan and raw lifestyle, which was fantastic and really getting at the essence of how our bodies can heal themselves and and of course spiritually it's all connected as well. We can cleanse our spirit as well as our bodies. So I knew Jane mainly from that, but then she is a professional photographer. Uh, she is an emotional healing counselor, teaches these amazing classes in emotional healing. Um, she's an all-around just delight to be with, a very upbeat character. And so you can find out more about Jane's if you go Jane if you go to her Facebook page, which is Jane Holmes. Um, that's H O L M E S, and she's here in Atlanta, Georgia. So welcome, Jane, to the Peace Brain Show. Well, thank you, Gail. It is a pleasure to be here with you today, and just to say here at Thanksgiving, I am so grateful to be part of this journey with you. I've had a fabulous time, as you know, and uh, I appreciate you asking me to be a part of this journey to do the photography with you and hear your stories and really learn so much more about you and your family and uh, things that you have traveled through and to watch where you're going. So thank you. You're very welcome. It's been a, it's been amazing. So let's explain to the listeners a little bit what your job has been as I'm going through the stuff. <laughs> you have been... <laughs> Taking videos. Yeah, go ahead and explain. Oh, it has been fabulous. So, it, you know, with all the boxes that you had, then, <laughs> as you explained earlier, and you've gone through the boxes, and that you have separated these letters, these cards, your calendars, all the things that you've gotten into the groups of your family, and that the ones that were really special to you, the letters, the cards, you would actually read them while I was videoing you. And so it's um, been quite a quite an amazing event to watch that and be a part of that uh, because, as you know, um, some of the letters you could just laugh about and wonder what in the world were we thinking, uh, what in the world was my mother thinking, uh, and then others, of course, were quite emotional. And it did bring up a lot of memories. And um, I think that's been something that I I have asked you about is um, some of the things that you have remembered and some of the special memories that you do have. You know, one of the things that you kept was a group of your friends from school and some of the correspondence that uh, you had with them, especially one particular calendar. That was a very special calendar, wasn't it? (laughs) It was a special calendar. So it was amazing, you know, that some of these things we discovered in these boxes of of what Jane's referring to is a calendar that I had that was a zodiac calendar. And of course, it's it was I think 1969 to 1970. It was that year. Right. And of course, back then everything psychedelic colors, bright oranges and pinks and blues and greens. And each month was a zodiac month, not a typical January or December or, you know, March or whatever. It was the zodiac month. And I had written on it what I did at that time in 1970, and I was a teenager. So here we are, we're talking about a teenager and what she's doing and who she's meeting and, and 
which boyfriend I was going out with at the time, or multiple boyfriends at the time, and and all kinds of. Then we found the letters that I'd written, uh, that the boyfriends had written to me, and that a couple that I had written to them, but never mailed. <laughs> so, so those, that was very interesting. You're right. Definitely interesting. And I, uh, one of my questions. Um, Gail, as, as you've gone through this journey, has been, you know, looking back now and all the letters from that particular time through your school friends, uh, and we all have had those friendships where there were ups and downs and disappointments and happy moments and breakup times. What now, as an adult, looking back at that time, would you tell your teenage self? <laughs> oh my gosh, what a great question. Um and I'm sure everyone's thinking, "Oh gosh, what would I tell myself <laughs> as a teenager too?" <laughs> so so with that question, what comes up is a thread that has continually and, and I know we'll talk about this more, continually flowed through my life or, or been woven through my life, and that is the thread of peace. And of course, we're talking on the Peace Brain Show, and it's a, it's always been my fascination to create peace in the world um, because I didn't have a very peaceful home life with a lot of yelling and stuff when I grew up, and so it it was something I really wanted to to resolve. But of course, as a teenager, you can't always create do that. You, you're not in charge of other people and changing them, and. Of course, I may not have known that at the time <laughs> and tried my best to to change the, the yelling between my parents and, and that type of thing. But I went out into nature and found the solace in nature, and that's why I became a biologist. And that's another story. But the, what I would tell her from now is that the peace is inside of you, and it's not from anything outside. And no matter what the chaos is that's going on, around in the world or the drama and of course we're experiencing that now in in our world um in our in our world in many multiple aspects is the pieces inside and and it's about finding a way that works for that work for me and that as i said was nature was going out into the solace of nature and and listening to the the birds and listening to the the water and and being out in the sunlight to um, to find what worked for me to find that peace sanctuary. And so I encourage, and in fact, I want to make a comment. My brother, I had three half-brothers from my dad's first marriage. My brother, um, one of them went over, well, all of them actually, or most of them, th- two of the three went over to Vietnam. And one of them that went over to Vietnam said he had to create this place in his mind that was peaceful because when he came back from the war, he would be triggered just in a moment, you know, of someone tapping him on the shoulder or, or a loud firecracker or noise. And so he created this beautiful beach scene. Um, and in fact, I had a beach scene on my computer when I was visiting him one day, and he said, oh, that's my place I go to. And I went, what do you mean? <laughs> and he said, when I get really triggered in my mind, I go to a place like that. It's sitting on the white sand in a chair with a palm tree looking out on the ocean. And I sit there, and sometimes I invite my wife to be with me. Sometimes I'm alone, but it's my place I go to to find that calmness and that peace so I can handle the world around me. 
And I thought, wow, that's really cool. And so I guess I would tell that teenager, <laughs> you know, find your peaceful place to go and that it's all it's going to be okay. That when, yeah. I know when I could find my center like that, even though I couldn't control the world around me, I could I could be more reflective. And, and some of these letters we found were very reflective of, you know, I knew myself and I knew what was going on. And, and it's like, it gets better because you get to make more choices as you get older and be in charge of your life. Right. Oh, yeah. And so relevant today. The peace is always inside of us. So thank you. And, you know, along those lines, Gail, one, one of the many things that actually impacted me um, was actually a card from your mother. And um, <clears throat> it was... I believe the time that you were on a vacation or you were off with friends, um, maybe to a mountain trip or to a ranch or something. But she talked about peace in her she car. Did. And, you know, and I, I remember telling you how, how much it sounded just like you. <laughs> and I can't remember at what age you were, but in thinking about what has shaped you to be who you are today, and of course you've already shared that with us, that part of what it is is around your home life growing up and that there was you know, tension, stress, and things like that. And we can all experience that in some shape, form, or fashion, but you've made it your mission to help create peace in this world, and I certainly thank you for that. Um, and and I guess uh, in looking at all the people that have been in your life that I'm acquainted with now, um, what other things? What other? What have these women uh, influenced you to do and to be in your life? And the women that I can remember, um, certainly your mother, your grandmother. You even found a few letters from your great grandmother. I did. I did. Written to my grandmother. Yeah. Right. You know, know, how did they influence you? What what have you taken from them either as you were growing up or thinking about them now and reflecting again about these uh, letters and cards and and photographs? What, What has impacted you about finding these uh, and these women, reacquainting yourself, I guess, with these women in your life. Because, I, you know, I asked you a question one time about when was the last time when you went through these boxes? Well, you know, you hadn't until <laughs> it was time for you to go through. And it's interesting to find the things that people saved. I mean, this was like a huge treasure chest for you. It was. So what, it was kind of like, what, yeah, what, what, the secret treasure. <laughs> you know, what, what, yeah, well, for sure. What what influences? What looking back or reflecting on these women in your life? What, how did they influence you? So, yeah, multiple aspects to these questions and answers. So, first of all, women in general are the caretakers of the world, and and the family. And I don't mean anything against men because men are needed and are and I'm I'm speaking I know in some traditional roles however 
I'm not. I'm also speaking as a biologist and anthropologist in that women bear the children, women raise the children. And um, and in the Baha'i faith, which I am a Baha'i, it talks about if we have to educate either the girl child or the male child, you educate the girl child because the girl child will grow up to be the woman with the children and will then she can educate her children. So mm-hmm. it's important to know that women, the role of women on the planet is really needed to be strong and needed to be empowered and needed to be considered sacred. And, and of course, the role of men is sacred as well. Um, sure. And I bring up that word sacred because in reading these letters, it was interesting how, um, first of all, well, I'll get into that in a minute, the, the way we communicate has changed drastically, and that really was an interesting uh, thing that, that came up in, the, in all of this. But as far mm-hmm. as women, I got to know my grandmother as a younger woman in reading these letters and seeing her marriage certificates, and I say certificates because she <laughs> married my grandfather and had my mother, um, their only child, and then she divorced him, and then she married him again, <laughs> and then she divorced him, and then she married another gentleman. And there was there was letters from that were talking about that gentleman and their relationship, and I found out things I never knew about him because I never met him actually and then she ended up divorcing him and marrying another gentleman that actually didn't live in the same state that she lived in she was in Texas and he was living in the west California Las Nevada Colorado those areas um and that's a whole another story we'll maybe get into but nevertheless um she was having a relationship and they wanted to get together but it was about, please send money so I can get the train or the bus, you know, to come visit you. And the money wasn't there on both ends. Um, and so, and then he ended up passing away. She became a widow. So it was, when I really knew her, the the last two husbands had had disappeared from her life. And only my grandfather, my mother's father, was still in her life. So, So I did get to know him, but it was... It was interesting. It was interesting because there were aspects of my grandmother I never knew, and so and the same with my mother. So finding out who who I am through them, you know, this is again what you're asking is is their influence was was obviously great when I was a child growing up, but the first 18 years of our lives is filled with so much, so much learning. And this is kind of a digression to your question, but but again, some of my my childhood na- notebooks, school notebooks, and tests, and right. papers, and reports, and everything were also in these boxes. And, yeah. and so I'm amazed at how much we learn. It was kind of neat to remember. Oh gosh, I knew all that, <laughs> even though I don't use it today. I knew all that. Right. Um, right. You know, whatever. So, but the point is, is that. I found pictures of my grandmother and my mother as my mother was a dancer, uh, so in her costumes, and my grandmother was a seamstress and made them, and it's just, it was interesting to find out the multidimensionality that we each are, 
And it reminded me of how multidimensional I am as well. Um, that we go through stages in our lives and and now, um, you know, in my later years, <laughs> that I look back and who was I at 40, who was I at 20, you know, who was I at 15? And just, it was nice to remember all of that and they helped me remember that through them as well. Yeah. Yes, they did. And it was, it was again, just amazing to hear their their voices through you yes. and what they were going through in your life. And if, if I might just mention one thing about your grandmother that also impacted me was her relationship with your grandfather that she married, divorced, and married again. But they remained friends throughout their entire lives. Yes. Which, you know, when you talk about relationships and and uh, gratitude, you know, they had a bond and, you know, that, that carried them for a lifetime. No matter where she was, no matter where he was, it seemed like they communicated with each other and still wanted to be in each other's lives, uh, which I just thought was really quite an amazing, um, you know, thing to look at and to realize uh, how long they actually, you know, knew each other and were in each other's lives. Um, so, you know, I know that the, the women had a great influence on you and and one one of the other things we were talking about through the these letters was the communication. And to think yes. about I mean, there was a lot of letters. And these were certainly not all the letters, but they communicated through letters. And you and I talked about that a lot, that you know, long distance back then, that cost a lot. There there, there wasn't cell phones, you know, they had to write letters. And I believe it was Again, one of the trips that you went on um, that your mother would actually, and your dad, your dad wrote you letters, would send you letters to the next destination you were going to be going to, to keep up with you on that trip and let you know, hey, we're thinking about you, you know, know you're having a great time, you know. And so how has communication changed? Definitely. And that was the trip you're referring to was, it was called the East Coast Tour, and it was our middle school that put it together for the eighth graders in the summer after their eighth grade uh, before we went off to high school. And we, because we were in Texas, we went up, the the bus took like 40 kids or something like that, a couple of chaperones obviously, and, and went up the East Coast to all the major places um, like um, Williamsburg, Virginia, and of course Washington, D.C., and Philadelphia, saw the Liberty Bell, and up to New York, and all the way up to Niagara Falls, saw Niagara Falls, and drove back. So it was this pre-planned hotels and, and where people knew we would be. So my parents, as you just said, would send a, a card or a letter um, to the hotel to be held for the East Coast tour group from Texas. <laughs> and so right. um, so I would get these letters along the way and and you're right. It phone, you know, phone service was available but it was long distance and it was expensive. And of course none right. of us had individual phones. So 
Um, so particularly, and going back to my grandparents and and even great grandparents, letters were all they had, and and they would write oh. every day. And then oh. I was amazed, though, even for me, looking back at the letters, as I said, our my friends wrote to me when we got off to college. Again, letters were still the way of communication. It, in fact, I would right. have to call collect to their dorm at school, and or you know, vice versa. They'd call collect to me, or whatever. We'd have to work it out, or we'd have to pay each other for the phone calls. <laughs> I remember that was in some of those letters. <laughs> but we would literally oh, go yeah. off to college and, and say, you know, I've got 10 people to write. I'm behind in my letters. Here's the letter for you, and I'm sorry I haven't written in three days. And I've got 10 other people to write. Because that's the way we communicated. And so it's just so different from 2019. Oh, my God. You know, right. forget email. I mean, we got text. We got, you know, WhatsApp. <laughs> We've got, it's it's FaceTime. You know, it's just um, all these amazing things that that we can now do around the world instantly and for free, Most a lot of them, or well, most of them. It's just a whole different world. So, yeah, the fact that we found all these letters was was very special. Very special. And, and you know, I, sometimes I just thought as I was, you know, photographing some of the letters, the cards and all that I, I was involved with there, too, that, that it was almost like a lost art, you know, to, mm-hmm. to have these letters, you know, that people, we, I, I just don't write letters even like I did when I was a kid. Um, But an interesting point about your, I believe it was your great-grandmother that signed her name. Yes. At the end. (laughs) She'd say, love mother. Yeah, she'd say, love mother, because she was writing to her daughter, my grandmother. And then she'd sign her name. You know, and so... It was all, yeah, it was, this is who she was. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah I, I just found that very interesting. And another thing, um, I think for us today and and all these, quote, boxes in your life that you have had, um, I found it very interesting the things that they kept that has now been passed down to you. And I, I think about my own self, and, and I, I guess I would question, you know, maybe anyone listening to this today, what what kind of stuff are we keeping in our life? Um, what, what, what are we hanging on to that maybe it's time to let go of, um, you know, and just look at our own lives, um, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, and just see what is it that we're hanging on to. And so that's been a huge lesson for me uh, to, you know, continue to let go of things that maybe I no longer need. And some of the things you did, you donated. There was many, many, many things that you donated through this whole process to kind of pay it forward to let someone else. You know, yeah, that's get true. using some good out of this. There are many things. Uh, so it's not that, you know, you've just taken it and now discarded it, but you've you've recycled it, which is part of, you know, all the nature. Everything that you know and teach and learn uh, uh, is, is is about 
you know, what, how can we make this world better? You know, so you recycle a lot of things in your life, too, um, mm-hmm. which well, has and, been a whole process. And to that, you know, talking about we're moving, we've moved from paper to the digital age, so certainly not just the way we communicate from letters to emails, et cetera, or to text and, and WhatsApp is is the change, but paper is no longer needed. So books and and CDs and all kinds of other things like this, obviously we're going through and, again, donating and giving away because people don't carry those things around and those kinds of stuff. <laughs> and then I found, for example, as you write in these boxes, my mother's quilting materials. And she had started several quilts. She had actually made squares of a beautiful butterfly quilt. She had like 30 squares made already, and it just needs to be put together. Uh, There was some crochet and some needlepoint, uh, a tablecloth. She was needlepointing, and it just, uh, it's amazing. And then lace and all kinds of things. So there's this wonderful app or, or place called Nextdoor. I'm sure every one of you listening probably has one in your community that I just put it on Nextdoor and said free quilting materials. And, and of course, I got I got like 12 hits. I was like, wow, people still quilt. Oh, this wow. is cool. <laughs> but, you know, the, the first one to come over got it, you know. So it's like, and she was very grateful of being able to receive all these different materials and put it all together. And so... So, you know, my mother's memory lives on in that regard. Um, and and just lots of things from art. Um, I'm an artist as well, so I had a lot of drawings from my college days that I had saved. And and our neighbor down the street is head of an art department for a high school. So I just said, if you can use any of these woodcuts and etchings and drawings and stuff as examples in your class, please take them. And, you know, he said, yeah, these are cool. I'll take them. So it's just oh. interesting. What interesting? You're right. What we collected and saved, and what's important. But I want to make one comment yeah. on that. Stories are what's important because we live our lives in stories. And 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 I want to also say we each are in charge of our story. You know, this is where our story can be updated and changed and modified and and reworked and completely made anew if we choose. And it's nice to go back and remember the stories that got me where I am today. And that's what we've been doing. And thank you, Jane, for doing such beautiful videography um, of me telling my stories of what these memories, what these objects meant to me. And then, as you said, reading some of the letters and everything. But I encourage anyone going forward at the same time to look at your story and to say, you know, what made you for who you are today, and then what story do you choose to live right now? And that's why it's so exciting with the story of being, of where me and my husband are, or my husband and I are going from Atlanta to Belize. We're creating a new story, a new chapter in the book of life. Right. And how exciting. And which, of course, as you know, I find extremely fascinating and just a point I will always make forever that you... As long as I have known you, have talked about going to Belize, and um, here it's happening for you. And I, I, I've said, what a powerful testimony to don't give up on your dream. 
you know, <laughs> yeah. hold fast to your dream and, you know, build on it. And that's what you've done. And I, you know, congratulations. My hat's really off to you and Nevin for being able to go through and to do what you're doing and to, and again, honor to be a part of this process. Um, you know, well, one thank of the you. I'm very grateful also, to have you here. Oh, thank you. Part of the process. Thank you. You know, one of the things also, I wonder if I could switch over to your dad for sure. just a minute. Uh, fascinating man. Um, and I met through you and correspondence then your dad and your grandfather, uh, your dad's dad. Yes, yes. Uh, they, they, they corresponded with each other. And interesting, um, if I remember correctly, uh, your grandfather corresponded to your mother, so that was actually her father-in-law. I mean, there was, and they, yes. they just did all this through letters um, and cards. Uh, oh, my goodness, the birthday cards, the anniversary cards that I could not figure out whose anniversary was whose, you know, yeah. and what they were yeah. celebrating sometimes. But, boy, did they, you know, and they had some um, really um, encouraging things to say in, in many of those letters. So, uh, yeah, your dad uh, corresponded, and you had letters from your dad also on some of your trips. I did. I did. And that was so delightful to reread them because they've all passed on. You know, everybody we're talking about has passed right. on. And so right. it's interesting to have these words from the dead, if you will, come forth right. and sure. and just share what's going on. One thing that really was very special to me is my grandfather, uh, my dad's dad, was a... 50-year Mason, uh, 32nd degree Mason. And so he had his Masonic Lodge um, certificate, I found, and and one of his hats. And he was in the same lodge in Kansas City as Harry Truman, uh, who was the later became president of the United States. Uh, they both were attorneys, and so they, um, they knew each other that way, but they were in the same lodge together. So it was... It was just interesting to see he he actually wrote something about Harry. It was just was in a letter to one of the lodge people, um, recorders or something, and he he said something like, "Say hello to Harry for me," you know, <laughs> to Mr. Truman. And um, it's just been interesting to <laughs> right. to find these things and to, as I said, learn about the the more details of their stories. I guess that's what it was fascinating. Yeah. Very fascinating. And that was extremely interesting to see your grandfather's certificate uh, because uh, um, you don't come by that overnight. You know, he he was in there for quite some time and put a lot of work into it. And yet um, all of that still to me um, on some level um, has certainly had its impact on your life and what you now bring to the world through your peace mission, um, through your work with the animals. Oh, that was a whole nother fascinating. I have to tell you, I loved seeing the pictures of you with your animals um, and how precious that was and what, what great memories and reflecting back on that time and, and the influence you had on them and, and they on you. You know, um, as you said, we all have our stories, and boy, that's a huge part of your story. Yeah, so what's, for our listeners, what Jane's referring to is 
not only do my husband and I breed dogs, uh, Coton de Tuligar dogs, although we've stopped breeding them now after 40 years, we, I worked in zoos for many years as an animal keeper and as a curator level um, as a zoo biologist. And so, so we had pictures that I had with, with the animals I was raising at the Los Angeles Zoo and the Houston Zoo where I was on staff and, and some at Duke Primate Center and just all these wonderful photographs of working with animals over the years. So that has been a great part of my life. You're absolutely correct. Um, Animals bring joy, bring a whole a sense of that connection to nature I was talking about in the beginning. Exactly. And, you know, uh, again, how how that has been such a big part of your life and how that has um, played out in, on some level in, in every stage and age of your life and where you are now and the next stage of your life going forward into Belize, what all of your experiences you're taking with you to help set up, again, the next stage of what you're going to be doing, um, just an amazing journey. Um, and so let me comment so, on that for one minute, <laughs> because I want to I want to let the listeners know the next stage is not just retirement, because it's not. <laughs> it's moving to another environment. Least. So I can write the books that I need to write, which are these Lucy books. And so everyone stay tuned because these Lucy, nine Lucy books, and actually there's a secret one after that that will come, but um, that is about animals and zoos and the environment and peace. And it's about magic and metaphysical powers and um, Lucy helping bring peace to the world through the animals in nine different countries around the world. So we're going to be traveling to different countries. And I want to mention that that was one thing um, that we discovered in all of this, going through all these boxes, Jane. You were pointing out, you know, here's, here's the places where my, my relatives were from, which was mainly Texas and, and Missouri and, and that area. We they had some of them were over in the west coast of the United States. By and large, people didn't leave their hometown or didn't leave their own place. And as I said, they needed bus money to go from one place to the other. So it was, and it took a while. It, you know, you couldn't instantly get there like we can today. But I have had the fortune with my mother and father, they got the bug of traveling. So when I was a kid, I was really fortunate to be able to travel up the East Coast of the United States, like I said, through our middle school. Or we took, as a family, and I invited a, a girlfriend to go along because I was an only child from my family's um, uh, marriage, my parents' marriage, and we'd go up the West Coast and all the way up to Canada and saw the national parks and the animals. Of course, that influenced my desire to be out in nature as well. We'd go to Mexico right. and and do parasailing and see the bullfights, which were quite an experience. And um, and just learn that culture of Mexico. And so the the travel bug was put into me early. And, you know, thank God and, and my parents for the ability to go forth in my adult life to travel the world and what I've been doing in my life. So the difference between me of being able to branch out and see the world from my ancestors has been really striking. I just wanted to throw that in there. 
Oh yeah, you're very great. You're absolutely right. Yeah, you actually you actually did get to do uh, you know a lot of traveling. You very young, and um, you're right. I remember the letters where they were asking for the bus money. You know, and it was no easy feat for them. You know, for uh, for many years to be able to just get up and go, they couldn't do that. And uh, which I think, which brought us back to how they communicated, which was through the letters, you know, mm-hmm. to be able to stay in touch. Um, yeah. I remember a group of letters that you found, Gail, also from some of your aunts that yeah. they were corresponding, I believe, to each other as well as to then their mother, your grandmother. Uh, right. If I remember correctly, there were some letters to them. So even, um, I guess it was your mother maybe that had it saved my, some of those my, letters. Yeah, my mother had saved them from her aunts, um, my great aunts, that my grandmother, uh-huh. my mom's mom, had um, eight other siblings that survived, that were alive. There were originally 11 in the, fam- in the of siblings, but uh, there were nine, you know, two passed away. And so... So she had eight other siblings, and it was um, amazing because you're right, they would correspond with each other. And to read those was quite fascinating to find out more about that whole family tree, if you will. Oh, so, yeah. Jane, I have to mention yeah. we're getting towards the end of the show. Can you imagine? So, wow. <laughs> so we've been talking about memories and about decluttering and making new chapters in your life. And how that's been applied to my life as I make this new chapter of moving from the USA to Belize. We've got a few minutes at the end. Is there anything else you want to bring up or questions you want to topic you want to talk about? Well, I just want to say again how much I have enjoyed the journey thus far with you, and to say it's been an encouragement to me to continue to know it's okay to let things go and to appreciate the story in each phase of our life and to remember it and to honor those that's gone before us and and to really stay in that space of gratitude. And at this time of year, we talk about it a lot, but to know it on a daily basis, uh, to appreciate what people did before us that has brought us to where we are today and the peace that we all have, as you said in the very beginning, Gail, that is within ourselves. So um, letting go of things, uh, forgiveness, and um, surrounding ourselves with love and peace. And we continue to put that out there in the world. And um, I'm with you, Gail. Let's continue to help. Uh, create a peaceful world in all areas. And I thank you so much for this time. It's been a joy. Oh, thanks, Jane. Um, it's been a, you know, it's been wonderful to have you as part of this process, to have a friend do, not only to listen and just share the stories, because that's really what it's been. That's been the delight, but also your professionalism and your in your photography, your videography and, and your still shot shots has been really Wonderful to be able to have that that assistance to move forward with digitizing all of this stuff that I wanted to to remember. Uh, obviously, we have not taken pictures that are done with, in, oh gosh, not even half of all the stuff that was here. But um, right. 
but it's been really wonderful. So thank you, and I know you have an amazing story to share, so we will have you back on the radio show at some time. Jane Holmes, uh, photographer and and um, former director of Living Foods Institute and uh, emotional healing uh, counselor and teacher, you uh, you have such an amazing story that I want to have you back on the Peace Brain Show um, soon. <laughs> um, I do want to mention before I go into the Peace Brain meditation that um, and and you can comment on this, Jane, if you choose, is that you know not everybody has a lot of stuff and. And that's actually a really good thing in that I know some people have lost all of their stuff. Um, I'm thinking particularly about the people who own this radio station uh, who are just an amazing family and they lost everything in the fires in California um, a year ago. And so it's, you know, as far as the stuff, uh, fortunately they were safe, but it's, it's we don't I want to talk about moderation and that could be a whole nother show, but that having only what we need and only what brings us happiness and joy is really a beautiful way to, to live, I I believe. And I know that in getting rid of not only going through all this wonderful ancestral boxes, but just purging ourselves of all the books that my husband and I have collected over the years. We donated about 25 boxes of books to the local youth bookstore, for example. Um, I'm a big reader and a big, you know, I love books. So we've collected them over the years, but we don't need them now. So it's right, right. it's lots of things that we can clear out and, and live a lighter life. I think that's what I'm yeah. saying. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Any thoughts on that? Mm-hmm. Well, everything is about energy. You know, and um, you know, we t- we've talked about the the physical stuff, and you're right. You're absolutely right. And uh, um, some people do not have quote stuff or even a lot of stuff. But you know, it's not just about physical things that we can touch and hold. Sometimes those types of stuff we need to let go. Maybe um, old um, uh-huh. or negative relationships. You know, yes. and that's a whole nother show there. But, you know, <laughs> I think for me it is that part of looking at our own self and like you said, what brings me joy in my life? What brings me peace in my life? Surround ourselves with those things uh that can bring us the love, the joy, the peace, the happiness in our life. Um that's that's how I look at it, that I'd like to whatever I do have uh, that it is bringing me joy and the excess to be able to release it and let it go, it be recycle it back out into the world, donate it back out, but to be able to have those things that I need in my life. Yay! Thank you. Excellently put. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you, Jane Holmes, for being on the Peace Brain Show. Thank you, Gail. Love you much. Thank you. Love you too. Okay, so everyone take a breath. <sighs> we talked about a lot of history and, and things. So I want to go into the Peace Brain Meditation just for a few minutes for the end of the show. So take a breath and be present. Feel yourself sitting in your chair, wherever you are. If you choose to close your eyes, go ahead. If not, that's okay as well. I invite you to to reflect for a moment on your life. 
Where are the stories that you remember in your life? And so I invite you to put a timeline up in your mind. Where have been the highlights, the major events in your life that have made you who you are? And they could be happy memories. They could be not-so-happy memories. They could be these, you know, graduation, a wedding, a, a birth, that type of thing as well. Those are obviously iconic times in our lives. The times when we reflect back on who we are and know that every moment is a story. But what do we choose to remember? What do you choose to bring into your present moment that defines your existence? And I know that's a big question. So bring one thing to mind. And of course, you can do this more at a later date, a later time, sit down and reflect, or maybe draw it out on paper or um, create a poem or a song (laughs) talking about it as well. Draw an art picture. Think about what has made you who you are. You are unique in the world. You are this unique being, this unique person. Everyone else has taken. You are you. (laughs) You are divine and special. You have unique powers and gifts and talents, and you've come across them from your training, from your learning, from your, your experiences, from the people you grew up with, from the people you've met, from the things you've chosen to do in your life. Remember your story. And I invite you to jot down some of your story. It was interesting for me to go back and read my younger person story because I'd forgotten it. And it was an affirmation for me to remember, oh, yeah, I'm that too. And isn't that cool? I did that as well. So I invite you to do that in your own reflection. And be grateful. This is a time of gratitude. And, of course, all time is to be one of gratitude but particularly this time in the United States where we have Thanksgiving. It is about being grateful for the people around us, for our bodies, for our ability to see and hear and touch and, and smell and taste and, and know in our minds as beings what is beauty in the world and what does bring joy. So I invite you to be joyful and celebrate who you are. Celebrate even the bad and the good, the quote, bad and good, because they're cre- they've created who you are today. And I invite you to also look at who do you want to be in the future? What is your upcoming story? What would you like to add to your current story to become the next step that you take in life? <laughs> Have fun with it. Create yourself because you are here as a creator on the the planet Earth. You are a wonderful creator of your life. And you can make the world around you a place of peace. So find that peace sanctuary within you and go create a beautiful story for this upcoming year. 
And thank you for tuning into the Peace Brain Show. I invite you to open your eyes, bring yourself back to the room, and have an amazing day. If you want to find out more about me, you can go to tourismforpeace.com. That's my website, T-O-U-R-I-S-M-F-O-R-P-E-A-C-E.com, tourismforpeace.com. You can email me at hello at tourismforpeace.com. You can find out more about my guest, Jane Holmes, at her Facebook page. Uh, She and I are both in Atlanta, Georgia, at least for the moment. (laughs) Sometime in 2020, I'll be moving to Belize when our house is built. So thank you again. Namaste. Go create your own place of peace in the physical and put it on our World Peace Trails map. Namaste. Many blessings. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for joining us on the Peace Brain Show. You can find us at tourismforpeace.com. Be sure to check out Dr. Gale's Akashic Records readings, her peace master plans for your business or organization, and her book, Hashtag Opt for Peace, Nine Essential Steps to Achieving Peace, Power, and Prosperity. Tune in to BBS Radio, Station One, every other Wednesday at 6 p.m. Pacific and 9 p.m. Eastern to the Peace Brain Show for your installment of wonder, inspiration, and practical peace.